When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What is up, fellas? Welcome back to Commas Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. I'm sorry this episode is going out a little late, a day late. <laughs> um, this week has been honestly insane in my life, and I am just a little bit behind schedule, so I appreciate you all being patient with me and <laughs> allowing me to post this a day late. Not that you guys had any choice. Okay, <laughs> um, today's episode is just going to be actually a listener Q&A. I've never done a full episode de- dedicated to a listener question and answer session, and I'm kind of excited because we have a variety of topics that we're going to be talking about that I'm going to answer, and you guys were very curious about a lot of different areas in my life, and I'm excited to kind of get into that and answer all the questions that you asked on our Instagram. Before we get started, a little housekeeping We are almost at 1,000 reviews on Apple Podcasts. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be so excited when we hit that 1K mark. If you guys haven't taken the time to rate and review, I know I say it in every single episode, but truly it helps me out so much with the podcast, especially when we hit 1,000 reviews. That is going to be a game changer for the level of guests I'm going to be able to get for you guys to be able to listen to and ask questions to and have on the podcast. So If you guys have not taken the time to rate and review on Apple Podcasts, it literally takes 15 seconds and it's a free way to support and it helps me out so much, you have no idea. Before we get into the show, I want to talk a little bit about today's sponsor, which is Inside Tracker. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw that I got some pretty exciting updates to my Inside Tracker profile. I did their DNA test. One of the things they tested with my DNA is your athlete type and it tells you kind of what you're genetically predispositioned to. Is that the right word? (laughs) What your genetics kind of favor, what kind of athlete that you would be. Like, am I drawn to marathons, endurance sports, or do I prefer workouts that use like quick bursts of speed and power like tennis or weightlifting and basketball? And they analyzed six different genetic variants that influence endurance and six that affect power. And they predict what type of athletic activity I am likely to excel at. And my genetic endurance analysis said that I'm actually at elevated potential to excel at endurance activities. So I'm definitely endurance dominant. And my genetic power analysis for sports like the tennis, weightlifting, and basketball was reduced. So... (laughs) I am now using this as an excuse when someone asks me to play like pickup volleyball or basketball or something and they ask why I'm bad even though I'm 5'11", I'm going to say because my genetics actually tell me I'm an endurance athlete and I'm not a power athlete and I have reduced potential to excel at this activity. So it was actually really cool to see my genetic data analyzed from Inside Tracker and I highly recommend if you're a data oriented person and you're looking to like level up your endurance sports life and just like your lifestyle in general, you guys can get... 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store for a limited time. All you have to do is just go to insidetracker.com slash Emma to get that 20% off the entire store. And the link is in the show notes as per usual. Now let's get straight into today's listener Q&A. Okay, I tried to kind of like segment these into different sections, four different sections that kind of go together so that it's more fluid. But I guess just like a general life update, my concussion is doing really well. I feel much better now. Oh my goodness, you guys. I was honestly in a lot of physical pain at the start of February after my concussion and I just was like very beat up and I feel so much better now. I'm basically back to full 
health when it comes to working out. My head doesn't hurt when I um, am working out anymore, which is nice. I mean, I'm not going super hard. Like my heart rate, you know, hasn't been above 180 really, but it feels so much better. So I feel very good on that front. And we're just getting back into the swing of things. I've been running and biking a lot. So I am doing well on that front. Mental health has been okay. I feel like I talked about this in some of my YouTube videos. I've been vlogging a ton on my YouTube channel. And I feel like life kind of is testing me at the moment. There's been a lot of L's in my life, I would say, but I'm a very optimistic person. So I do believe that some wins are coming my way. But if all of my listeners could send positive vibes my way, I would really appreciate it because I need as many wins as I can get. But I feel like I have been more grateful recently of just anything good that happens in my day. Like if I have a really good bike workout like I had the other day, I literally think to myself, I'm like, okay, that was my win for the day. And I think I've done a very bad job in the past of kind of, you know, acknowledging my wins or anything. I think I've just kind of taken them for granted. And since like the start of the year has just been pretty tough for me, I feel like now I'm just a lot more grateful for like the little wins in my day. It doesn't have to be anything huge, but just the little wins. I feel like it's what's getting me through my day. So that's kind of a general life update. And then I know like some people ask for that on my Instagram with this episode and everything, but now we can get into the actual questions. So we'll start off nice and easy with some casual questions. Someone asked, what is my go-to Phil's order? And you guys know I love Phil's. It is my favorite coffee shop in San Diego. And there's, there's different locations across California and some in like Chicago. I don't know, random cities to be honest. But if you have a Phil's near you, I highly recommend you go check it out because it is absolutely delicious. They only do pour overs though. So my favorite Phil's beverage is a filtered soul cold brew with light cream and no sugar. It is so good. It's very chocolatey. And even though it has no sugar, it's so creamy and it is perfect. I feel like it has a lot of caffeine though because it makes me feel wired for hours on end after. But it is so beyond delicious. I can't get over it. And I will drive 20 minutes almost every day to go get one. You guys will also never believe this. My biggest claim to fame is that one time when I posted phil's on my instagram story the phil's ceo literally dm'd me saying enjoy your coffee and i almost had a heart attack i've never fangirled so hard in my life and i was like please sponsor me phil actually his name is not phil i don't remember what his name was but it did make my life so okay next question i got was what is my favorite kind of greens powder actually so (laughs) I don't ever lie to you guys and say something is like good when it's not good. And I genuinely love athletic greens. I know I've talked a lot about them, especially like come 2022. I've been taking it super regularly to help with my insight tracker biomarkers, but I absolutely love athletic greens. It hits almost every single like micronutrient I really need. And I take their D3 drops with it. So it just kind of hits everything in one. It's just super convenient. And the taste is so much better than so many other greens powders. Like obviously don't go into taking a greens powder and expect a milkshake. But for someone like me who loves to eat healthy, I find the taste of Athletic Greens so, so great compared to other greens powders I've tried. And I've tried a ton of them. Like being a food Instagrammer, I feel like I've had my fair share of greens powders in my life and Athletic Greens by far is my favorite one. If you are someone that's looking to like, you know, start supplementing with a greens powder or just like looking to start supplementing in general, I would recommend checking out Athletic Greens because I mean, I stand by it. I really, really love the flavor and I take it every single day. I'm not exaggerating with that. And I think actually I'm looking up right now. I'm literally looking up as we type. I think if you type in athleticgreens.com slash cold brew, you get some freebies with your first order. So this segment of the podcast specifically is not a sponsored ad read, but if you are looking to get a greens powder and you want some freebies, there you go. Okay, now next question. What are my favorite things to listen to while working out? I genuinely don't know how people can listen to podcasts while working out. I get so many people tagging me in stories that are like, I'm listen- I am listen to convos over cold brew on my run. And for me, I need to have music blaring in my ears when I'm running because I hate to hear the sound of my panting, like my gasping for air. It actually like, I don't know what it is. I can't stand silence. I need music like even the little like one second gap in between songs kind of annoys me so podcasts I mean you just have a lot of like audio gaps in there and I just can't fathom like hearing my breath while that happens so I I don't think I've ever really listened to a podcast while working out um but in terms of like what specifically I do listen to I have quite a few playlists on my Spotify I love hip-hop and rap that's my number one genre of music I listen to and it needs to be like loud and upbeat I can't really listen to any like slow songs like I'm not really listening to Frank Ocean when I'm running or anything it's more like I don't know a Kanye West or a 
Kendrick Lamar, a, I don't even know, just Post Malone, like just more upbeat stuff that has good beats in the background. That's like kind of fast. So if you follow me on Spotify, you'll see that I have a ton of different playlists on there. And a lot of them are like running, running 6.0. I just most recently created that has a few hundred followers on it. But yeah, if you look at my Spotify, you can see basically everything I'm listening to. So, okay. Next question. Someone asked, who was my celebrity crush as like a preteen or teen? And I was infected with Bieber fever. Oh my goodness. I love Justin Bieber. I actually was in love with him, I think. And I wanted to be the one less lonely girl at his concert every single time, like every other girl in my era. I was also like five feet tall at this time. And he was probably five two. So, you know, we were the perfect match. And I honestly still do have Bieber fever. I kind of am still in love with him, but his voice was just so angelic and I was just a part of like his rise to fame. And yeah, that was definitely my celeb crush. What is something you miss slash loved about living in New York City? I actually loved New York. I know I was only there for a couple months, but I do love the city. I think it is really cool and a very unique place. I miss walking so much. That's one of the reasons I moved downtown in San Diego was because I want to be able to walk to places. I loved walking to like my workout classes or just all around the city. I just loved having a place to go, like to walk to. I'm not the best person at just, you know, getting out the door and going for a walk with no destination. I need to have a destination in mind and that's when I loved walking. And it's the same with like college. I loved walking to class and that was one of the things I missed about leaving college was not being able to walk anywhere. I mean, I could walk places, but again, I needed to have a destination. And that's why I love walking to coffee shops now. And that's not really, I guess, New York specifically. Like if we're talking New York City specifically, I absolutely adored the running community out there. I think it is so strong. And I think a lot of other cities kind of can take after New York of what they've been able to do with the running community. I mean, living in San Diego now, it's just nothing like New York City was. The amount of running groups and people that were active and honestly just ran for fun. Like maybe they did compete, but they're not super serious about it. I just loved the environment and everyone was just happy having such a good time and it wasn't super competitive. I mean, there were competitive aspects to it, but a lot of people are just very down to earth and they're not like competing with one another. It's more just like a community of people that love to run. And that is what I absolutely love about New York City and I really do miss it. Someone asked, can I give supportive sports bra recommendations for non-flat chested girlies? (laughs) I'm honestly still trying to figure this out considering my body has changed so much. Even since 2019, I I feel like my body changed a ton that year, but it is still continuing to change. And one of the things that has changed a lot is my chest size. And I am still on the hunt for the perfect sports bra. Some that I've found are better are the Doing Things Outdoor Voices sports bra. I find that to be pretty supportive. I don't think the, they may have pads in it to come with, but I usually rip out the pads anyways, because who likes pads in their sports bra that come out every time you throw it in the washer? Um, another one was, oh, there was just like this one Nike one. It was honestly super tight and restricting and it wasn't the most comfortable to wear on a daily basis. Like I'm not going to wear it around the house, but to go running, I feel like it just really locked me in, you know? A lot of the zipper ones that I've tried have kind of chafed me, which I hated. And I honestly am still on the hunt for the perfect sports bra. I would say the one that I go to the most is that Outdoor Voices Doing Things bra. So if you are looking into that, I would recommend that one. But again, I'm not an expert. Okay, now we can get into some more like, these are kind of deeper questions, I guess, for the podcast. And someone asked, why do you think that you've struggled so much with body image? And... (laughs) It's just a funny question. Like, I am just a bigger person in general, and I'm a 5'11 woman, and that's, like, already kind of out of the ordinary, and then you throw that into the running world, I feel like it just becomes even more, you know, just different. And I think just constantly being different from other people, it just makes you insecure in general. And again, I've always been an extremely confident person. Like I'm pretty much confident in all areas of my life. I'm very confident in my personality. I am very just confident in myself as a person. But for some reason, body image is like the one thing that just actually has been debilitating in my life. And I honestly like don't know the reason. I don't know the specific reason of it. I think 
the fact that weight is just talked about in our sport at all and me just being a bigger person, I've never been a very, very like slim, lean person. I was not built like that growing up. I always had a little extra meat on my bones. And I think just like throwing that into the competitive, especially really elite running world, like weight is just talked about a lot more often. Same with body fat percentage. Just the fact that that topic is being thrown around a lot more and like if you're constantly around people that are way smaller than you, I feel like it's just, I don't know, it's almost inevitable that it's going to be something that you're kind of insecure about. And if, I don't know, people around you are just always trying to get as slim as possible or as lean as possible, like it takes a toll on you. Already showing up to the starting line of a race and being probably the tallest and like the broadest person of the starting line, like, of course, I just feel like even being the most confident person in the world, like you just start thinking twice about it, you know? And it's the same with... Even just, uh, you know, being being bigger than most of the guys on my team, like, they're, I don't know, it's just constantly, constantly thinking about, like, I guess why I'm built like this, like, it would, if it would be better if I was built a different way. It's just so hard to explain being a 5'11 woman on the starting line of a distance running race. It, it, I don't know, just a lot of things go into your mind about it. So, yeah, I think that's why I've struggled so much. Like, none of my coaches ever really just told me specifically, like, oh, you need to lose weight or, like, you need to slim down. I mean, there are subtle things that have been said, you know, directly to me or not directly to me that like, they just affect you. If you just, if you keep hearing them over and over again, no matter how confident you are, I feel like you kind of just start second guessing yourself. And honestly, leaving the elite running world has helped me so, so much because I just feel like the judgment is so much less now. Like, I still get judgment from social media, especially because my body has changed so much since I was like on the internet and I was actually like the leanest point in my life, which I don't think was very healthy. I didn't even, I had never gotten my period. Like there's, I was prepubescent. I don't know. There's just so many things that go into it. And like one of the things also that like, I think really hurt me, especially in college was when random strangers would start commenting on the way my body looks. Like I remember I would be getting comments in college when I was literally already struggling with my body image so much of like people commenting saying that my thighs were big on the internet, like old men commenting that my thighs were big and that if I lost 10 pounds that I would be a better runner. And it's just like things like that. I just feel like it's constant just people like commenting on my body. And if you have random strangers commenting about the way that you look, and it's already something that you're insecure about, it just digs, you know, the nail into the coffin at that point. So leaving the running world and just kind of distancing myself from it has helped me so, so much with my body image. I can't even explain enough. So I hope that kind of gives you, I guess, a little bit of sense of why I feel like my body image problems have started and I don't know why, why I think that they were so bad. So going along off of that, someone asked, how do I deal with bad body image days? Yeah, even though my body image has gotten so much better, like I can look at myself in the mirror now. <laughs> I can take showers without wanting to cry. There are definitely days where I feel like my body image is still bad. Like it's definitely still debilitating some days. I'm definitely not perfect, but I would say on my bad body image days, I just try to, I try to get out of bed and I try to like put on makeup or put on something that makes me feel good and makes me feel comfortable. Like I'm not gonna go throw on, you know, my tightest sports bra and like my, things that already feel really restricting because I feel like that would just make me spiral. And I try to get out of my own head. I try to get out of the house and like do something that I enjoy or just do something that makes me feel better. Like going to a coffee shop or even just like going for a bike ride. If I don't feel like going for a run, I'm going to go for a bike ride or do something else. Just anything that like prevents me from kind of like acting on my negative thoughts of like wanting to stay in bed and hide away. I feel like just kind of combating that and doing things anyways that make me feel better is really important. So someone asked, what do you do to avoid comparison? I honestly don't struggle with comparison of other people necessarily. Like I've never really felt that because I guess, especially because of social media, I think it, I think a lot of people compare each other on social media, but just working in the social media field and being on it so much, I feel like, I don't know, I kind of see past it a lot of the time. So if someone presents that they have this amazing, perfect life, I'm like, there's no way that that person is having the most amazing, perfect life. Like there's definitely things that go beyond, that go on behind the scenes because everyone struggles with stuff. So for me personally, I struggle with comparison to myself and oh my goodness, I am so hard on myself, you guys. It's something that I need to work on, actually. Like, I need to start taking steps to be better and, like, being more compassionate with myself because there are constant negative thoughts that are running around my head all day long. Again, I am not really a negative person. I feel like I'm very optimistic, and I, 
I don't know. I, I like enjoy life. I feel like I have a great life, but I'm just very like self-criticizing. I really like, I do one thing wrong. And then the thoughts in my head are just like, oh my gosh, you're stupid. Oh my gosh. Like, there's just like, I don't know. I don't even know why it's like impulsive, like just impulsive negative thoughts that are in my head constantly. And I think I need to like read a book or something or like start doing cognitive behavioral therapy of channeling or of challenging those thoughts because it's not good to have those thoughts going along in your head all day long. So in terms of comparison, I I honestly don't really know because I just have a hard time comparing myself to my past self or just like, I don't know if I feel like I can be doing better at something. I just, I mean, I constantly feel that way. I don't feel like anything I ever do is really like good enough. So I think just trying to be gentle with myself. Again, I'm definitely not good at this. I really am not. For example, like this is the perfect example, I think, of my headspace. Like for the last, you know, four years, I've been saying I'm so out of shape. Like I constantly say that to myself. I say it to everyone. I just tell them, I'm like, oh no, I can't do that. I'm so out of shape. I've been saying it for years. Even when I was like full on triathlon training, doing like 15 hours a week of training, I still thought I was like so incredibly out of shape because I'm just comparing it to how I felt when I was working out, when I was, you know, doing like elite, the most elite running I've ever done in my entire life. And that was my standard of fitness. And I'm not nice to myself. And even though I would be like, I don't know, being able to crank out runs at like, 745 pace or like 730 pace like eight mile runs feeling good I would still consider myself out of shape and like obviously to the general population that is pretty good and I would consider myself in shape or just even being able to go work out for hours a day I that's like an in shape person can do that and I just have this constant battle with myself of constantly like honestly probably just keeping myself in this mindset because I just it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy where I feel like I just I don't know, I think very critically of myself and I just constantly compare myself to an old version of myself and it's something I really need to start challenging myself on and just actually being way more positive and compassionate with myself because it's not good. Just constantly being in this headspace of just thinking negatively about yourself is like a really bad place to be in, honestly, because you're never content with anything. And I don't think being content is good, but I think being proud of yourself for something is good and... I'm just never proud of myself. So that did not answer the question of how I, what I do to avoid comparison. But I would say unfollow people that you feel like badly about yourself after like looking at their social media profiles. If that's me, then, you know, go ahead and unfollow me because I don't want to like ever, you know, be the cause of someone like feeling bad about themselves. And I don't think anyone should follow anyone that makes them feel like that. So I would say that. And then also just like knowing that everyone is on their own timeline. I think I've gotten better at knowing that with myself that like, even though, you know, I'm not in this like peak fitness that even my, like some of my college teammates are like going to the Olympics and stuff that I'm on my own timeline and it's not like a rush and there's no perfect timeline to be on. I mean, everyone has their own path, especially after college, it's just kind of up in the air. So I'm just trying to like you know, keep repeating that to myself. And even though I'm taking a different path than I would say like 95% of people that I know, I know that things always work out the way that they're supposed to. So I'm just going to keep riding that. So hopefully that answered some question. I honestly just kind of like, I guess gives an insight into where I'm at currently with comparison and just really kind of battling my own internal thoughts with it. Someone asked, how do you get your period back without stopping exercise? And I know a lot of you are not going to like the answer to this question, but For me, I had to stop exercising for seven months. Seven months. You know what I also had to do during that time? Is eat a ton more food. So that's how I got my period. I did not exercise for seven months and I ate a ton of food. I ate whatever I wanted and didn't even think twice about it. And then I got my period. So I'm not a doctor. You should first of all go see a doctor for this. But my general advice for someone looking to get their period back is there's no magic cure to this limiting the exercise and eating a lot more of any kind of food of every kind of food honestly just eating more calories and exercising less it's not what people want to hear i feel like people want some magic answer of like something that can help them i don't know but it's it's not what people want to hear limiting the amount of endurance exercise you're doing and also increasing your food intake but again go to your doctor and I'm sure they'll give you better advice than me on this podcast because I have no qualifications, only my personal experience. Someone asked, any advice on developing discipline instead of relying on motivation? I, again, I don't really think it's an answer anyone want to hear. There's no magic pill or anything to develop discipline. It is actually just getting out the door, turning your brain off and doing the thing that you need to do. 
motivation is fleeting, obviously, and you can't really develop discipline. You just have to do it. I would say making it easier for yourself is good. Like if you have to go running early in the morning and you don't want to snooze your alarm, like obviously you're going to be way more likely to do it if you already have your clothes laid out and your bags packed and everything because there's just less steps of you getting distracted or like less excuses that you're able to make in the morning to go out and do it. But like when it comes down to it, developing discipline is literally just saying to yourself that you have no other option and doing it. You also have to like know your why. Why are you doing this? I feel like a lot of the time, if you don't have a strong enough why, you're not gonna want to do it. I think just getting down to the core of yourself and really asking yourself like why you're doing the thing that you wanna have discipline for is so important. Like for me, especially these days, I have no races on the calendar right now. And when it comes to discipline and like working out multiple times a week and I don't know, like trying to work towards six days a week now, I've really sat down with myself and be like, why do I want to do this? Like, do I want to do this? I've had a lot of times of breaks of really just sitting down with myself, talking to therapists, just so much so of like, why am I still involved in the endurance sports world after college? And it has to do with like just the way that endurance sports makes me feel. I feel so fulfilled when I do it. And that is what gets me out of bed and makes me work out every single day doing like these endurance sports activities. So I think finding your why, just not doing it for other people and really doing it for yourself has helped me a lot, especially in the past as well. Someone wanted me to talk about setting new run goals as an adult and out of school sports because they said that they're so much slower as an adult. If anyone can relate to this, it's me. Like I am way slower than I used to be in college and it's taken many years, honestly, to come to terms with that and just be very like nice to myself about it and not beat myself up every day or like try to rush anything and just honestly enjoy it for what it is, not like having to hit certain times on runs. I think for in terms of setting new goals, I think trying something new is really important. For me, like triathlon training is something that is really interesting to me and it's something that is completely different than track racing. Obviously, it's still running and there's obviously endurance aspects to it, but the fact that I'm not going out and going to the track and trying to run a 440 mile anymore is just a lot more freeing and it's just something different. So I think trying something new and also just taking time to be nice to yourself and doing it for yourself and not like not doing it for results and just really doing it for internal fulfillment, I think is so incredibly important. Quick little intermission here to talk about one of today's sponsors, Green Chef. I've been working with Green Chef basically since this podcast started because I genuinely love it. Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company and they make eating well easy with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or you're just looking to eat more balanced meals like me, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. I just got my Green Chef box and made the most delicious beef enchiladas last week. Oh my goodness. The fact that I got to avoid the long lines at the grocery store because they make it so convenient with pre-portioned, easy to follow recipes that are delivered right to your door. And the fact that the expert chefs curate every single recipe so you can enjoy nutritious restaurant quality dishes at home without compromising on taste. You guys, these beef enchiladas tasted so, so amazing. It was definitely not something I could make on my own. Like I could tell that the recipe was curated by a green chef expert chef because Oh my golly goodness, it was delicious. They have 35 nutritious and flavorful options to choose from each week, and they feature premium clean ingredients that are seasonally sourced for peak freshness. I highly recommend you check it out. Go to greenchef.com slash coldbrew130 and use code coldbrew130 for $130 off plus free shipping. That is greenchef.com slash coldbrew130 and use code coldbrew130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Now let's get back into answering your questions. A question I got was how did I get started biking? That's actually a good question. So I used to do youth triathlons way back in my day, like way, like, I don't know when I was 10 and I wasn't the best cyclist, honestly. It's never been my forte. I would say I was definitely a better swimmer and runner than I was cyclist because I was actually scared of the bike. I'm not really an adrenaline junkie. Danger kind of scares me and biking can be scary. So especially when you get on a road bike, like just skinny tires, there's a lot that goes into it. And especially triathlon, like you have to get into the aero bars. And I actually crashed on my bike when I was younger, just going down a hill when I was trying to get in my aero bars. And it actually scarred me for a while. And I stopped biking until 2019. I had a boyfriend who was interested in biking. And that was when I first got on a road bike for 
I don't know, in years. It had been so long and I was actually scared. I fell the first time getting into my bike clips, which is, I feel like it's a standard. Every cyclist, if you start and you have to get into the bike clips for the first time, most people fall. It's not really like a crash. It's more, you know, you come to a stop and you can't get out of your clips in time and then you fall on the ground. It's it's not really a painful fall, it's just more of an embarrassing fall. So it happens to everyone, so if that's happened to you, you know, you're not alone. I would say it happens to 95% of people that start biking with bike clips. But my boyfriend kind of got me into it. He was more of a, you know, mountain biker, but he also had road bikes, and we weren't dating for that long. And then after that, I actually signed up for the Chicago Marathon, and I got a coach who was also really into cycling, and he thought that that was a really, this was after my seven month hiatus. And since I hadn't run in so long and my body changed a lot over the seven months, like just getting my period for the first time and developing a more womanly figure, running was just a running was a bit harder for me, especially just, I don't know, starting marathon training. I was not going to just ramp up the mileage after taking seven months off. So he suggested cycling and we were doing a lot of cycling at the time. And that was when I kind of started like really enjoying it and just learning more about it, learning more about the sport, learning that it's also a very expensive sport. <laughs> And also living in North County, San Diego at the time was very helpful because there's a huge triathlon community and cyclist community out here and the roads are amazing for cycling. So I think just having the coach help me and just also having the background of like already kind of knowing stuff about cycling. My sister was also a professional triathlete for a while. Just growing up around it, I think I kind of already knew more about it. But again, I was, I had to conquer that fear of being scared of the bike, especially crashing with my when I was younger, I was actually scared of biking. And it's just kind of exposure therapy, like just continuously doing it over and over again. I feel like you just get less scared as time goes on. I'm still scared of mountain biking, but I do love road biking and I'm still scared of going down hills. So there's, there's things I still need to conquer. I'm definitely new to it, but you just have to start somewhere like just getting a bike and kind of going out and doing it is a good place to start so and doing it with someone maybe that is knowledgeable about it like going out with friends and doing it is very helpful someone asked with my endurance genes as you guys heard from the inside tracker ad at the beginning of this episode is an ultra marathon in your future um no i'm sorry i i don't even think i'm a marathoner to be honest i was very surprised when i got that inside tracker results back because being a you know a miler and a 1500 runner i am surprised i'm not more power oriented because i really do not see myself being an ultra marathoner i am not really light on my feet i cannot fathom doing 100 mile weeks of training and like going out for hour hours of training like every day i just mentally i don't think i'm equipped to do it like honestly i could see myself doing an ironman before i did an ultra marathon because at least it's like different and it switches up mentally because even though i feel like the community of ultra marathoning and like ultra running is super cool i just i honestly don't think i am built for it and like built for the trails i'm just not and i never want to say never like maybe i would do one again i said that about the marathon too and then in college, I was like, I'm never doing a marathon. And then literally like two years later, I did a marathon. So who knows? But no, I'm not going to become an ultra marathoner specifically at this point in time. Someone asked, what is my favorite activity outside of sports and movement? That's something I'm trying to figure out. Honestly, I actually love making content and making YouTube videos. I feel like that is a big hobby of mine. But now that it's a career, I'm like trying to like not have that be my main hobby because it is also my job. So I'm trying to find things outside of like creating things. And I would say, honestly, it's kind of sad, but getting coffee, I absolutely love it. I don't know what it is. It's not even the caffeine. I think it's just the ritual of going and getting something that I genuinely love the taste of and that brings me happiness every day and like gets me out of the house. I actually love it. That's so sad. Like my favorite activity outside of sports is getting coffee, but it's true. You know, I'm a simple woman. I like simple things. I like hanging out with people I love. My love language is definitely quality time. So just being around people I love, even though we're not doing anything. Like I was with my sister for hours yesterday and we were literally just like laying there being like, what should we do? I actually loved my time doing that. Like, I don't know, I guess it's not that sad, but I mean, people love going out and like going to bars and doing stuff, but you know, I just love getting coffee. I don't really love going out. So, okay. A couple more questions and we'll wrap up the episode, but someone asked, what could you run a hundred meters in and what could you run a hundred miles in? <laughs> Honestly, I don't even know how to answer either of those <laughs> distances because I would say 100 meters 
13 point something, maybe. I don't know. I've never even tried. I don't even think I, I could not get under 13. We know that I'm not a power oriented athlete. I don't think I'm really slow, but I'm not fast out the gate. Like I don't have good reflexes, that's for sure. And then 100 miles, I don't even know what a good person runs 100 miles in. I don't even know what a regular person runs 100 miles in. How long does that take? Like three days? I don't, I honestly, I have no idea. I guess I should have researched this because I'm not even gonna answer that because I actually have no idea. Can I even finish 100 miles? I could probably finish with training. I don't know. Next question. First thing you would do if you knew you couldn't fail. Oh my goodness. I, oh, that's such a good question. I feel like becoming like a stand-up comedian or being on like SNL or something. One of my life goals, one of my bucket list items is to do a stand-up comedy set somewhere. The caveat is that I'm not telling anyone that I'm doing it and I'm just going by myself and doing it alone because I refuse to have anyone see me bomb but maybe I would be amazing. Maybe this is just me being way too cocky, but I do feel like I am a funny person. I feel like I'm pretty witty and that I can make a good stand-up set. And I don't think it really comes across maybe in a lot of my YouTube videos, but in my personal life, I feel like I'm, you know, the funny friend that no one really ever takes seriously, which is, you know, has has its pros and cons. I'm always cracking jokes though. So I would say probably stand-up comedy or like improv or something. I feel like I'm kind of quick on my feet. So, oh my gosh, I would actually love to do that. And maybe that's just being way too cocky in my comedy abilities. But one day, I swear, it's my bucket list item. It's one of the only things on my bucket list, honestly, is to do a stand-up comedy set. So yeah, that is, (laughs) that's my answer. Someone asked how to make friends in a new city. Great question as well. I have had my fair share of trying to make friends in a new city and I feel like I've answered this question quite a few times over the years. I would say just joining group activities of something that you're interested in. So for me, like moving to New York City, I had acquaintances, but I definitely did not have like a bunch of friends that live there. So the first thing I did when I moved there was start going to Brooklyn Track Club practices. Reaching out to acquaintances too is so important. Like it's a lot less cringy than you think, especially as an adult. I feel like a lot of people are trying to make friends and people are very welcoming because everyone's kind of in the same position if you're moving to a city I think reaching out to someone that you you know you've talked to maybe a couple times in the past or for me like I ran against someone who was living in Portland and I was like I reached out to her and I was like hey I'm thinking about moving to Portland do you like it there and she's like oh my goodness yes we have the best friend group ever like you would love it here blah 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 whatever so then I moved to Portland and I instantly like connected with her and then I had an instant friend group so not saying that it's as easy as that but I think just networking with acquaintances. I think a lot of people are scared because they don't want to like intrude on other friendships, but I think just reaching out and shooting your friendship shot is so important and you can get connected to a lot of people that way. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Okay, two of the last questions, they're about dating. (laughs) I love talking about dating. It's one of my favorite things. Not that I'm an expert at all. I'm actually like, I've had my fair share of like actually really bad dates or like just really bad dating experiences. And I just love talking about it though. So someone someone asked how to be content and single while still seeking a relationship. I am the queen of being single. I am so independent. Ever since college, you know, just being in that environment, I feel like it was really humbling and just kind of realizing like I need to kind of fend for myself. And I don't honestly don't know how I've been like so content being single basically my entire adult life. I think I just know what I have to offer to someone that's in a relationship. And I don't want to be taken advantage of for that. Like, I feel like many of my experiences with guys, especially in my younger years or just like in my early 20s, have just been really bad, honestly. A lot of the guys that I've 
been involved with, they just don't really know what they want in their early 20s. And I feel like I just have so much to offer as like a girlfriend or just, I don't know, I just, I don't want to be taken advantage of. So I had a pretty like eye-opening relationship in college that kind of proved to me that being single was better than being like strung along because it's an emotional roller coaster. Like the highs are definitely not worth the lows of being in a relationship like that or just like having someone that isn't fully committed to you. It's actually horrendous. <laughs> the emotional turmoil and like the immaturity of the situation and just catering to someone that is not committed to you actually feels so bad. Like I think I just weigh out the pros and cons of that situation. Like, okay, this person isn't committed to me. Is like having a good time with them worth these lows of like realizing that they don't actually care about me that much to the point where they're not like willing to sacrifice when they do these like other things that hurt me. And I'm, I wouldn't say I have trust issues with guys, but I would say over the years, like I've definitely become just a lot more picky with the guys that I get involved with because a lot of guys in their early 20s, they don't really want to commit. I feel like there's rare occasion when they do, but a lot of guys are like career focused. Again, I'm, I may just be for stereotypes, so I promise if I, if I offend any of the guys listening out there, but like from my experience personally, and just like having a lot of guy friends too, I feel like a lot of them are just very career focused and they're not trying to settle down. And I'm someone that wants a relationship. I'm definitely not someone that just like enjoys being with like being in flings or like being with someone that's not committed to me because I really do feel like I sacrifice a lot of my time and I my sisters even said they're like Emma you are such a good girlfriend <laughs> and I was like I know and I just I feel like I know what I have to offer and I actually am so unwilling to give that up to someone that doesn't deserve it and isn't willing to give me the same amount of respect that I'm going to give them and yeah, I feel like that's why I just am very content being single until the right person comes around. I definitely am interested in a relationship. I feel like I've been forward about that on my, um, on all of my social medias, just talking about dating and stuff. And it's definitely something I'm looking for. I feel like I'm very ready. I, I've always been like, I've always been very mentally stable and like willing to cut off relationships. I wouldn't consider myself a crazy girl at all. I would feel like, I feel like I'm very kind of down to earth and normal I don't know and like open and very honest very good at communication so I don't know it's it's honestly one of the main things that I feel like has been missing in my life over the years because I honestly have not had a good relationship at all <laughs> sometimes I get emotional about it too because it's like it really is the one thing that I feel like I'm very ready for and I've been ready for for years but just nothing like the right person just hasn't come along and I feel like honestly the experiences I've had with a lot of guys recently have been actually hor like horrific. It almost again just like deters me and kind of makes me just feel like I'm gonna be a single old hag for the rest of my life, which I know is not true, but like I just again I'm not willing to settle for especially a lot of the guys that I've like dated recently. With that all being said, I'm definitely like still seeking a relationship. I'm very open to it if it comes along, but again like I am just not willing to sacrifice all that I have to offer for a man that gives me nothing. You know what I mean? I'm very content with my own life. I've been single for so long. And I know if need be, I can do it for so much longer that like I can take care of myself and whatever. But like, obviously I want to have a relationship. I want to have a family. I want to have kids down the road. And I really honestly do want someone to end up like taking care of me. Like it is nice to have that feeling or just like, even the feeling of just liking someone is really nice. So of course I would like that. But I think really just knowing my self-worth and what I bring to the table is so important in that and just being content with being alone just learning your self-worth and not sacrificing that for someone who's not gonna respect you and also acknowledge your self-worth either so that is my long-winded answer um the last question from this podcast is about dating as well someone asked details about past relationships and what I learned and future goals for dating so it kind of goes off of the same thing but one of like the first, I guess, relationships I've had, like the first person I genuinely liked in my life was also the thing, it was also the person that I feel like I learned the most from. Um, I think it just really showed me that like I'm worth more than someone that's not gonna reciprocate my feelings towards them. It was manipulative, it was very gaslighting. This went on from high school, like into early college pretty much. And it honestly went on for too long. I think I was I was young and I really, really liked this guy. I cared about him a lot. We had a history, like just years. And 
I feel like when I truly got to know him, there were just like, there were so many red flags that stuck out. And I think I just kept making excuses for him because I felt like I knew him in the past and he was just like not really what I expected. And I don't know, he kept just doing things that would really, really hurt me. Like really, like genuinely hurt me. Oh my gosh, like I'm actually getting emotional. I'm also, it's my time of the month. So I'm like, oof, geez. Like, I don't know why I'm getting so emotional about this. Just having someone that you've been involved with for years just like really hurt you like that, but then also like manipulate you and gaslight you and say, oh, like I really like you though. Like I don't like this other person. I really like you. Like just, there's just so, there was just so many things that were giant red flags. And at a certain point I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I basically walked away and it was, I mean, it was really hard because I genuinely did care about this person and like they were struggling internally, I think. Like there was just a lot of, um, there was just a lot of things going on, but I feel like that like situation just taught me a lot about myself and just like standing up for myself and knowing my self-worth and knowing what I bring to the table and not settling for someone that is not going to commit to me and also just recognizing like what gaslighting is. Like just so much I feel like I learned from that relationship. Um, and it was the same thing with my next one that didn't come for years later. I feel like when you get into a relationship and then you break up, like you're constantly comparing every single relationship to the last one and you're comparing every single person to the last one. And the first one I had was really special, honestly. Like it's, I don't think I've really ever found anyone since then that like has that same sort of banter or just like, I don't, I don't know, just like <laughs> understanding like humor of each other. I, I don't know. I feel like since then it's just, you always just compare it <laughs> to someone else. So I also think it's really important though to like stand your ground and not go back to a person that has hurt you like that. Like even though I do really still care for like everyone I've been involved with, I would never go back to any of my exes because you broke up for a reason. And if the person didn't change in the relationship, they're not going to change after. Like there's just, I don't know. It's a very rare thing. And with all my relationships, I mean, there was not going to be a time where I was ever going to get back with any of my exes. So yeah, my next relationship didn't come for years later because I... I don't know, in college I was just very like serious and again I had a very small circle of people and I don't know, I just like, it was just not really on my radar or anything. I dated a little bit but it wasn't anything super serious. Um, so my next boyfriend didn't come until after college. And again, the same with that, I think just really knowing my self-worth. There was just a situation that happened where I was like, oh my goodness, like this is not okay. And then it was, it was like the same thing that I learned from my past relationship of like, gaslighting and I feel like I get I feel like I can read people very well and I just I don't know I know what I deserve so for anything to like get in the way of that and like obviously I consult with my sisters I consult with everyone I'm a very open book about everything and like just talking to people about what happened um I knew like I knew when I was driving over there I it was we were gonna break up because I'm not a confrontational person either like it takes me a lot to confront someone or like I don't know I just feel like I had to go into this like conversation of what this person like was doing I just knew it wasn't gonna bode well because I'm not a pushover either when it comes to this so yeah we had a conversation and broke up and honestly it was com I'm completely fine that one I feel like it was honestly more infatuation than like actual connection um I also remember when I brought it up to this person oh my goodness like I have such a hard time confronting people and so Instantly when I had the conversation, I started crying because I like, first of all, I knew that the relationship was basically going to be over and it's just like sad. Honestly, when you like someone and you have to bring up something that you know is going to like kind of end the relationship or like, I don't know, it's just a hard topic to talk about. Um, even though I knew that what this person like did or what they were doing was absolutely not okay. And like everyone in my personal life confirmed that. And I'm not, again, I'm not like a crazy girl. I just know I don't know I just know when things are like not okay and I'm not willing to kind of let someone walk all over me so when I confronted this person about it he literally told me I was like crying about it whatever and he literally told me first of all he was like kind of denying and then what he said next oh my gosh he was like Emma you're the most delicate and sensitive girl I've ever met Oh my goodness, you guys, I blew up. I, because for so many reasons, we only dated for a couple months, but like that sentence just, I knew that this person did not know me after he said those words because I was like, oh my goodness, I think I am the opposite 
of a delicate and sensitive girl. Like I can take a lot. I think anyone in my personal life, when I tell them this, when I tell them this story, they honestly don't believe me because especially with the situation that happened, I'm not going to go into details, but like no one would be okay with this. (laughs) No one would be okay. No girl would ever be okay with this happening. And the fact that he calls me out for being the most delicate, sensitive girl he's ever met. Oh my goodness, you guys, I just died. And ever since then, I was like, oh, like, this is over. Like, if you don't know me at all. And I was like, good luck with your future girlfriends. Because if they think that whatever you're doing is okay, then that is weird. So, again, I just have really learned to stand up for myself. And, like, not tolerate disrespect, I guess, in relationships. And honestly, with, like, the last couple of situations I've had with guys recently, it is really... It has actually really discouraged me from dating right now because it has been mortifying. (laughs) So I deleted all my dating apps, actually. I just think I need time to myself because I actually just can't. (laughs) I I really do believe that there's someone out there for me that will, like, respect me. And um, I don't know. I'm very open about it with my sisters and a lot of my friends, too. And, like... They just always tell me, they're like, Emma, you've had actually the worst situations with guys. I don't know why I end up in these situations, but I really am holding out hope for someone that will, like, respect me and care about me and stuff. But, like, it is, like, discouraging, though, when I feel like I've just had so many bad experiences (laughs) and, like, not great relationships that, um, I don't think I have trust issues, but I feel like... A lot of the time my walls are up and it's like I am almost losing faith in men. I'm really trying to hold out hope. Some of my friends, like their relationships, one of my best friends, I FaceTimed her yesterday and she was talking about um, this person who I went to high school with and they're dating now. And like, honestly, like it gives me hope. I told her that yesterday. I was like, your relationship gives me hope. And she's one of my, she's actually my best friend from high school. And we've had very similar situations in our life and... Yeah, so situations like her and her boyfriend actually do give me hope. And I'm like, there are good men out there. (laughs) There are good men out there that actually, like, want relationships and they'll, like, respect you and care about you. (laughs) I feel like any of the guys watching are going to be mad at me. But, like, I don't know. Just my past experiences, my past couple experiences recently have been actually horrendous. So I'm just, like, kind of on that um, wavelength right now. So I'm not really in my dating era. I'm done with my dating era. My apps are deleted. If something comes along, sure. But, like, at this time, I just cannot be willing to give up any of my time to these random strangers I meet on dating apps. I actually cannot anymore. So... Honestly, it's kind of a depressing note to end on. I'm very sorry that I ended on that note. And I actually really enjoyed this listener Q&A. I felt like we got into a lot of different topics and I hope you guys enjoyed it. It kind of went everywhere. We talked about body image. We talked about fills. We talked about new cities moving, endurance exercise, dating. Like we talked about a lot of different stuff. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you love the podcast, make sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That again, helps me out so much to continue growing this podcast. Tell your friends about the podcast if you love it. The word of mouth helps me a lot as well. I love seeing your shout outs on Instagram stories too. That actually makes my day. Every time I see one of them, I repost it on our Instagram, commas over cold brew pod. Thank you all so much for listening and I will hear from you all in the next one. Peace out, fellas. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.